listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Peter, welcome. Thanks, Jason. It's great to be here. Good to have you back here. Now, just a reminder, this is going to be a a recorded program for our listeners, so it's not live, but we still would love to hear from you. We will be monitoring the text messages if you text us in. Uh, But uh, you're going to be travelling away over to New South Wales to do some uh, interesting presentations over there. Yeah. So we're recording this ahead of time. Um, So, Peter, have you got anything interesting to share as to what you've been up to? Um, Well, I've been, um, yes, uh, sharing some messages uh, up uh, in New South Wales about archaeology, actually, archaeology and its links to the Bible and um, what we can learn. Uh, from the background, uh, you know, we learn things from archaeology about the background of the Bible and so forth. So that program's called Secrets in the Sand, and we've been uh, running that in the Port Stephens area. Mm, awesome. So if you're in that area, check it out. Um, I'm sure the local church uh, or perhaps social media, you'll be able to find the references Secrets to in that. the Sand. Secrets in the Sand. Um, now today we are up to Daniel chapter 9. We are, yes. In fact, this is one of my favorite uh, chapters in the book of Daniel. I would say this is my second favorite chapter um, after Daniel chapter 2 um, because these prophecies were um, sort of fundamental in helping me to understand that the Bible was real, that Jesus really is who he claimed to be, who his followers claimed him to be. Um, and it's a, there's a remarkable prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. Mm. But the actual the prophecy itself is actually at the... Uh, at the end of the chapter. So there's a a significant prayer that we're going to look at to begin with uh, from the first part of Daniel. And, of course, uh, our previous episodes, we've uh, done up to uh, Chapter 8 previously. If you want to go back and listen to those, it's probably important for some of this stuff to get a good understanding that... uh, Daniel builds on top of each other. You know, the, these different prophecies in different chapters, they build yeah. uh, from one to another. So it's important to go back and listen to the past episodes, which you can do by uh, listening to the or grabbing the Faith FM Australia app from the App Store. Um, or you can listen online at faithfm.com.au. Find the Tassie Encounters program on there and you can go back. And in fact, uh, you can also search for the Daniel and the God of Wisdom program and find all the previous episodes there as well. So do that, catch up. Um, but today, Daniel 9 is where we're going to go. Now, we've got a couple of special uh, offers today. Mm. Um, and we would encourage you to do this early in the program. There's a couple of special codes that you can send in to get links to charts and graphics that um, uh, Peter's prepared, some documents here, and uh, you can get an electronic copy of this. If you text in Daniel 8C, so no spaces, Daniel, the number 8 and the letter C, Daniel 8C and Daniel 9C, the system will send you a text message with a link to these documents. Now, the 8C1 gives you a chart that sort of covers Daniel 8, Daniel 9, Mm. and uh, Daniel 9 um, has some interesting timelines in it. Maybe I'll explain a little bit. So, uh, yeah, these two charts are are basically just very simple outlines, but they're they're, uh, designed to help you uh, visualize some of the things that you see in Daniel 8 and Daniel 9. Last week, we were looking at Daniel 8, 
and Daniel 8 and chapter Dan, uh, Daniel 8 and Daniel 9 are related and we're going to be looking at that later in this episode mm. so along with the Daniel PC which was the um, chart that we uh, gave away last week mm. uh, or we, we suggested you download that one yep. um, these three sort of go together to help us understand sure. some of these prophecies so do text that in 0488 Daniel 8C, Daniel 9C. That stands for Daniel 8 chart. That's right. That's why it's called 8C. And Daniel 9 chart. And, of course, the other one was the Daniel PC. I can't remember what the PC stands for. But uh, prophecy, prophecy chart. chart. Prophecy chart. There you are. There you go. <laughs> uh, so those three codes, text them in any time, and you can uh, have a look at these documents that Peter's prepared. Um, it's time to get into our program today. And... Uh, We've got a bit of reading to do. We do. And so um, I think I'll get you to read just the first two verses and that'll uh, lay the table, if you like, for Daniel chapter 9. So uh, why don't you read the first two two verses there, uh, Jason? It says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Assyrius, how do you say that one? Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. All right, so this sort of sets up the time frame. It says in the first year of Darius. Now, you remember in, um, when we looked at the fall of Babylon in Daniel chapter 5, it said that um, Darius the Mede took over uh, after the fall of Babylon. Hmm. Um, now, Darius and, the Mede, he's a bit of a, a mystery character. Yeah, I think you mentioned that, um, well, he certainly did to me after the, hmm. uh, after the program. It's a bit of a mystery character. We, we, we haven't actually nailed down who that character is because we know that Cyrus was the king of the Medes and the per- he's the ruler who dominated at the beginning of the Medo-Persian uh, reign. Hmm. And um, But it, some have suggested that Darius is actually... Um, Cyrus's father-in-law, uh, which you know, could be the case, and um, that he was, you know, put in charge of the province of Babylon uh, at that time. But of uh, course, we've had this before, where they didn't know of the existence of absolutely. somebody, and then uh, later it we was await uncovered. we await further archaeological discovery. Yeah, um, and there's there's, a, there's still a lot buried, I'm sure. Mm. Um, what's interesting here too is if you notice in da- um, Daniel nine verse two, it says, "In the first year of his reign, I Daniel." Mm. And so, in other words, Daniel is uh, identifying himself as the author of this. Mm. And um, again, he he's writing so he would know who was who was the, the king at and that he, time. And he references Jeremiah the prophet here as well. He does. So he's been reading uh, the book of Jeremiah and um, there's a verse we might uh, just go to in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10 that I'll get you to read. It says, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good wor- word toward you and cause you to return to this place. All right. So if we go back to Daniel now, um, what we're noticing is Daniel has been reading that. Mm. He's been reading, hey, you know, God promised that he would return the people. They've, they've been carried away captive to Babylon. Seventy years were going to pass on, on, of that, and then they're going to go be and returned. And that in itself was a prophecy, wasn't it? Indeed. Because this was ahead of time. Of, of course. And so what you have with Daniel is he's recognizing, hey, we've been in Babylon nearly 70 years. Mm. It's time for us to return. And he begins to pray. And so I'd like for for us to start reading this prayer. 
uh, that we find uh, in Daniel chapter 9, the first chapter, and we're, sorry, the first few verses. Uh, we're going to read from verse 3 to 7. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. Now, this is quite remarkable. So Daniel is praying and he doesn't um, begin the prayer with, Lord, you promised to, to take us back, so can you please hurry up or, mm. you know, don't forget. What he's saying is he recognizes that they're in Babylon for a reason. They're in Babylon because they forsook the Lord. They turned to wickedness and rebellion. And Daniel, amazingly here, what's fascinating about Daniel is there's nothing in the Bible that records anything negative against him. Yeah. And yet he is including himself in that he's saying we're guilty, all mm. of us. We're, mm. we're all guilty uh, of turning away from you, Lord. And he's basically going to be saying to God, don't forget your promise to return us to Jerusalem, even though we don't deserve it. Yeah. That's his ultimate point. Mm. Um, and maybe we'll read the next section, verses 8 through 12. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God, to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed, so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against him." And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us, by bringing upon us a great disaster, for under the whole heaven such has never, uh, never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. All right. So he mentions there Moses. There's a passage in, Mo, uh, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 49, where God basically says, if you do these things, you'll be blessed. If you turn away from me, you're ultimately going to be, be cursed. And one of the curses is that a nation from afar off will come against you mm. as swift as the eagle flies and a nation which, whose language you don't understand. So God prophesied that this would actually happen. And Daniel is acknowledging that. We might take a break and then we'll come back and read some more of this prayer of Daniel. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, we've got a question for you to contemplate today. How important is evidence in relationship to belief as in Jesus as the Messiah? We're going to be exploring a bit of this evidence today. This is Your Will Be Done by Hoku Clements. is the life I've been given I'm just one out of countless there were and will be but you know 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of Daniel chapter 9. And before the break, we asked you a question. How important is evidence in relationship to belief in Jesus as Messiah? This is one of the prophecies that we're going to be covering today. We'd love to hear from you. Even though this is a recorded program, we'd still love to hear from you. We do monitor the messages that come in. So 0488880891. Peter, we were part of the way through this prayer that mm. Daniel was praying. Yeah, this is interesting because um, it's it's... What's interesting about it is Daniel is in prayer when something miraculous happens. Mm. And so uh, it's sort of telling us the importance of prayer. And and we've seen Daniel in prayer before in this um, book of of his. It's a regular thing. Mm. Uh, We're told in Daniel 6 that it was his regular practice to pray three times a day. Mm. So he is regularly in communication with God. And we're going to read now. uh, I'm going to read verses 13 through 15 of Daniel chapter 9. And then you're going to pick it up and uh, we'll read 16 through 19 to uh, finish off this this prayer. So Daniel 9.13, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, that is, them being in Babylon. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept this disaster in mind and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. I think it's interesting that he remembers that God brought them out of Egypt. He's hoping he's going to bring them out of Babylon as well. Yeah, yeah. It goes on in verse 16. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear, Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Mm. So this is a very heartfelt prayer. Mm. It's a sincere prayer. And uh, Daniel's concern here is that he wants, because God has prophesied that in 70 years he will bring them back out of captivity, Daniel is saying, Lord, we want you to remember that and bring us back, not because we're great, not because we've repented, but because you you promised. And we don't want you to look bad Mm. because... You've called this people after your name. So mm. he's praying this heartfelt prayer. And, and what happens in verse 20 is something happens, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to change the scene, if you like. So we're going to mm. read verse, let's read, I'm going to read verse 20 for a moment. Now, while I was praying, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, 
being caused to fly swiftly reached me about the time of the evening offering. Now, I want to pause there. While he's praying, it says, Gabriel arrives, and it says, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning. Mm. Now, when he says in the vision at the beginning, what he, he means He is, hasn't had a vision in this chapter. No. Mm. Um, it's very interesting because there are no chapter and verse divisions in the original language. Mm. And so the last vision that he encounters is Daniel 8. Yes. And it's what's interesting is at the end of Daniel 8, Daniel says that nobody understood that vision that he had received. Mm. And so Gabriel arrives. It says he's caused to fly swiftly. He reaches him at the time of the evening offering. And he informed, by the way, that in itself is significant because every morning and every evening they would have an offering at, the, at Jerusalem when, when they were there. Uh, and they would offer a lamb. And uh, that lamb, of course was a symbolic of Jesus coming as the Lamb of God who would take away their sins. So even that element is is interesting. Uh, read 22 and 23 for me, Jason. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. All right. Now, this so, is the vision that was Daniel told. Eight. Yeah. yeah. So he's Daniel come eight. to give him the understanding that he did not have at the end of Daniel chapter 8. Mm. And we mentioned last time that Daniel chapter 8, he understood who the ram was, he understood who the goat was, and he was given a lot of details about the little horn. Because the interpretation was given in there. Correct. Mm. But this 2,300 day period, the cleansing of the sanctuary, that he did not fully understand. So mm. he's come. Uh, Gabriel has come to give him a message that is going to be linked to that. And it's very interesting because the first thing that he mentions in his vision uh, is about time. Mm. And so let's read verse 24. It, you can read that, yeah. It says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. All right, so there are a number of things there that are to be accomplished, but it says 70 weeks are determined. In fact, the word there is cut off. Literally, the word means cut off. 70 weeks are cut off for your people. Well, if they're cut off, what are they cut off from? And the because it's in relation to the previous vision, which is Daniel chapter 8, they are cut off from that 2,300-day prophecy. Mm. So we have uh, 70 weeks are determined for your people in your holy city. Now, who are Daniel's people? Well, he's from Judah or Judea. So his people are the Jews. Mm -hmm. And his holy city, of course, he's already mentioned it Jer in his Jerusalem. prayer, is Jerusalem. Mm. And so uh, it's saying 70 weeks are determined or cut off for your people, the Jews, and for your holy city, Jerusalem. Now, what does this mean? When we look at 70 weeks, the question is, do those 70 weeks, you know, if you were counting literally 70 weeks, many people will know that uh, how many weeks in a year, Jason? 52. 52 weeks in a year. So 70 weeks literally would be a year and a bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, about a year, a year and a half. Um, but there is a, a lot of things here to accomplish. And 
these 70 weeks have been identified not as 70 weeks of days, but rather 70 weeks of years. And we talked about that on our last program. We did. And mm. so in Daniel chapter 7 and in Daniel chapter 8, we recognized that prophecies are often given in symbols mm. um, and even the time periods are often given in symbols. So uh, whilst it might say 1,260 days or it might say a time times and a half a time or 2,300 days, it actually means years, a day for a year. And we see that principle um, given out in uh, the book of Ezekiel 4.6. It mentions I've given you a day for each year. Uh, Numbers 14.34 also has uh, something similar uh, to that. So uh, in Bible prophecy, the, the days represent literal years, prophetic days. So these 70 weeks are not 70 weeks of days, which would be 490 days, but rather 490 years. And the question then is, of course, when does it start? And the answer to that is given in the next verse. So let's read verse 25. In 25 it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. All right. This sounds like they're building um, Jerusalem. Jerusalem again. That's right. So what you have here is throughout uh, this passage, you have information about Jerusalem and information about the coming Messiah intermingled. Mm. And we'll have a look at that and we'll divide it up. But this is fascinating because in 25, it says, Know and understand that from the going forth to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah... There will be a period of time. So this is actually giving us a period of time that we could know when the Messiah is going to turn up. So this is actually a fascinating prophecy. So this is a prophecy about the arrival time of the Messiah. Correct. Mm. And and this is one of the reasons we can positively identify who that is. And we're going to look at that after the next break. Mm. I'm just going to ask you, there's a few things in this verse 24 mm. that um, we haven't really discussed all that much. But yeah. the meaning of finish the transgression uh, to make an end of sins. Are we going to come back and talk about that at all? Uh, we, we can. So it says, you know, for your people in your holy city, we explain that. To finish transgression, to make an end of sins is the same phrase, yeah. essentially, right? To put, to you know, let's deal with sin. You know, put an end to it. Yeah. Uh, to make reconciliation, that's bringing us so, back to so God. So this is really all the purpose of the uh, Messiah. Correct. Yeah. This is what the Messiah will achieve. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, we're going to go to a break. Now, remember those extra codes. If you haven't texted those in, eight Daniel 8C, no spaces, and Daniel 9C, that's to get the charts for today, text those into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham. Death looks like an empty grave Fear looks like a giant slain Trials look like gifts of grace When I look to Jesus Failure's battle, victory Sin has lost its hold on me Endless love is all I see When I look to Jesus How my heart leaps, how 
dance upon the crashing waves. I will keep my eyes on you, for only you can make a way. I Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of Daniel and the God of Wisdom, and we're looking at Daniel chapter 9. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Now, Peter, we were at about verse 25 in Daniel chapter 9 before the break, mm-hmm. and uh, we were looking at the uh, command. It was saying here, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, the street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. But just before that, it said, from the going forth of the command. Yeah, and we're so, looking at, well, when, when was the command? Yeah. So 9.25, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there'll be a time period. So... Mm. It would be really good to know when that command was given because uh, if we could know when the command was given, that's your starting point uh, for this time period. And then we can say, okay, well, the the Messiah is going to arrive or we should be looking for the Messiah at a particular point in time. And so um, there are a number of decrees given in Scripture. And the decree that applies here is the decree of Artaxerxes. Now, Artaxerxes was a king of the Persian Empire. Uh, I've actually been to Persepolis in Iran, the uh, ruins there, and you can actually see the ruins of the um, palace of Artaxerxes, and you can actually even see his tomb uh, not far from that too. Um, So Artaxerxes was uh, king of Persia, and he issues a decree, and we actually find it uh, recorded in Scripture. If you look at uh, Ezra chapter 7, verses 12 and uh, 13, I'll get you to read that, uh, Jason. It says, Artaxerxes, the king of kings, to Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and so forth. I issue a decree that all those of the people of Israel and the priests and Levites in my realm who volunteer to go up to Jerusalem may go with you. Okay. So that follows um, some earlier discussion about the the uh, re- re- rebuilding the city. Yeah, of course. Mm. So, so the prophecy that we have in Daniel chapter 9 is that it's from the, the going forth of the command to re- restore and build Jerusalem. So Ezra is going to go and take a group of people from the the realm of the Persians and the, the Medes, and he's going to take them back to mm. um, 
Jerusalem to rebuild the, the city there. And of course we know from studying the rest of the book of Ezra that that happened. Yes, indeed. Mm. Yeah, so um, after the 62 weeks, so let, let me uh, go back to um, Daniel 9.25, the second part it says, uh, from the going forth there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So we've already said that the 70 weeks represent 70 weeks of years. Yes. So, so se- here we now have... would be seven years. I seven guess. plus 62. Well, seven plus 62 is 69. Yes. Um, and then you'll have one other week left mm. to make up the 70. But let's look at the seven and the 62. So the seven weeks and the 62 weeks, that would make 69 weeks in all. And that would make 483 days or years Uh, we're talking about weeks of years so Mm. uh, 483 years from that command now we know when that command was given uh, the Artaxerxes command because we're told it was given in his seventh year and that would equate to 457 BC so in 457 BC you have this decree going forth to restore and build Jerusalem and if we move forward 483 years from that time we come to the period 27 AD. Now, some people might be saying, well, I've got my calculator here, and I've just uh, you know, taken minus 457 and added 483 years, and that brings me to 26 AD. Mm. Well, but that the, is... Be- there's no year zero. That's exactly right. <laughs> there is no year zero. So on your calculator, you've got the number zero. You go from minus one to zero to plus one. But uh, in terms of uh, the years, it just goes from 1 BC to 1 AD. Mm. There is no year zero. And I like to say to people, what happened, on, what happened in history on year zero? Mm. And the answer is zero. Because nothing happened because there was no year zero. All right. So that gives us then 457 BC is the starting time of this decree. And it goes 483 years. That's seven weeks and 62 weeks. Uh, is 483 days or years in prophetic language. And uh, that brings us to 27 AD. And the question is, did anything happen in 27 AD? And maybe we can read Luke chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And there's some interesting uh, rulers mentioned here. And uh, I'll get you to read those verses, Jason. Yeah, yes, in Luke 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of Trachonitis Trachonitis and Lysanias, uh, tetrarch of Abilene, Abilene, while Annas and... uh, Caiaphas. Caiaphas were high priests. The word, you gave me a good one to read, Peter. Really the word did. of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. There are a lot of strange names yes. there, um, strange to our hearing. But some of them perhaps we um, recognize, like Tiberius Caesar and Pontius Pilate um, and uh, Herod, of course. So these were rulers. There are seven rulers actually listed there, mm. seven rulers who were all ruling at the same time when John the Baptist comes baptizing in the wilderness. And what we find then in verses uh, 21 I think it is in 22 we find that John the Baptist actually then he baptizes Jesus he's baptizing a bunch of people and he baptizes Jesus and we're told that this is the 15th year of Tiberius mm. and when we look at those years when we look at all those rulers um, we the, 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 the year that those rulers are ruling is 27 AD right. and so we find that Jesus is baptized in the fall or the autumn uh, in the northern hemisphere of 27 AD and um, 
So that's remarkable because, of course, that's when Jesus actually begins his ministry as the Messiah. So Jesus was born, you know, around 4 BC in Bethlehem. But he, uh, you know, doesn't begin a ministry really until he he's baptized by John the Baptist and then begins a three and a half year ministry. Mm. So quite remarkably, we find here that Jesus came right on time as the Messiah. This prophecy given 500 years in advance in the book of Daniel pinpoints the arrival of the Messiah in 27 AD. And there is Jesus at the Jordan River being baptized by John the Baptist 27 AD. I find that remarkable. Do you think uh, this prophecy might have been used by those wise men who were aware that the Messiah was due to uh, to come where they came from? That's the an east? entirely it's entirely possible, Jason, mm. because they were in the east. Mm. Uh, I uh, was in um, Persia in 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 Iran t- uh, two three years ago now, twenty nineteen. We went there and um, we went to Susa, uh, which which was mentioned in uh, Daniel chapter eight. Uh, we went there, and they, that's where the prophet Daniel is reputedly buried. They've got a mausoleum there. They've got a tomb there, mm. the tomb of Daniel. And he's highly revered in that part of the world. And so it's entirely possible that the wise men from the east would have known about this prophecy and would have been coming looking for the Messiah, mm. uh, in, in, you know, uh, especially when they saw the, the star. But that's the Christmas story. We've got two more verses to read in this chapter, and mm. I think we can do that, and we'll come up back and uh, perhaps uh, dig into them after the break. or. Well, I just want to look at, um, there is Mark, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, when Jesus began his ministry, after he's been baptized in the gospel of Mark, he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, he says the time is fulfilled. Mm. And he must be referring to this time in the book of Daniel, where the Messiah is to come and he has arrived and he is about to begin his ministry. It's a very specific and precise time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The time is fulfilled. Mm. So um, that's what I believe he's referring to. Um, let's just read verse 26. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Now, that's uh, We're going to a little bit that. complicated. We yeah. can't do it in, in 10 seconds. Sure. <laughs> well, we've arrived at the Messiah, and then we want to look at what else the uh, the verses say. So we'll come yeah. back after the break, and we'll do that. Okay. Um, our book giveaway today is called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. This is one we did give away earlier, but uh, we're giving it away again. It's called uh, Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Uh, will these Bible prophecies affect your future? From Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, four great beasts and a little horn, the ram, the goat, and the Messiah appears. That's what we're studying today. Uh, from Revelation, uh, letters to the seven churches, seven seals open, seven trumpets, and the great red dragon, seven-headed leopard beast, the three angels' messages, the seven last plagues, the great whore Babylon, and a victory over Satan, Satan bound for 1,000 years, and the new earth. So this little book uh, unpacks all of those topics. There's a very big connection between the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. So after the break, uh, the code for this we will give to you. Uh, But right now, this is By His Wounds by Brian Littrell and Mac Powell. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. 
Transgressions, he was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice and the life that. He was pierced for our transgressions And crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds By His wounds we are healed And the life that you gave We are healed for you paid the price By your grace we are saved We are saved He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins Punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, by his wounds. What can Wash away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus You're listening to Tazian Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with Peter Watts on Daniel chapter 9 and uh, we've got uh, some... I guess the some of the complicated bits of this the prophecy, climax, the really. climax, yeah, and the the peak of it. So we'll we'll get into that in a moment. But the book offer today, Daniel number one, that's uh, the book offer for amazing prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Text that in zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, Peter, we just read verse 26. It mm. talks about the yep. uh, 62 weeks and the Messiah will be cut off. Yeah. So it says after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. So in other words, after 27 AD, 
Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. What does it mean to be cut off? In Isaiah 53, it tells us that he was cut off from the land of the living. Mm. In other words, he would die. He would die. He would die, but not for himself. He did not die for himself. He died for others. Mm. Jesus came into the world to die for the sins of the whole world. And uh, it says after this period, so after we, we see him arrive, uh, 27 AD, but it says after that he will be cut off, but not for himself. Then it goes on to talk about um, events that would relate to Jerusalem. Mm. The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. This is an enemy that's coming in, and this is the Roman power, of course. Uh, and it says the end of it shall be um, with a flood until the end of uh, the war desolations are determined. This talks about the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple. Uh, and so forth, and we can understand that. And like I said before, throughout this chapter, uh, particularly throughout this prophecy, you have intermingled the fate uh, of Jerusalem with the appearance of the Messiah. So um, on the one hand, you've got the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the arrival of the Messiah. Then you've got the Messiah being cut off and then the city being destroyed. Mm. So it's an interesting parallel. That uh, that prophecy of the city being uh, destroyed is also covered in Matthew 24. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah that's right. And we know in history, in AD 70, the Romans did indeed destroy hmm. the city. Look at verse 27, though. It says, then he, and the he here is referring to the Messiah again, says, then he, the Messiah, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. It sort of reminds us when Jesus was with his disciples at the Last Supper, he took the cup of wine. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. And uh, he confirms a new covenant through him, the Messiah, the, the, the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. It says, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. This is that last week of the 70 weeks. Yeah. We've covered 69 weeks. Mm. And if people take a look at the chart, the uh, Daniel 9c chart, they will see this. But... Um, this final week, and it says, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. In other words, three and a half years after 27 AD, three and a half years, he would, what does it say? He will bring, bring an, an end. end to sacrifice and offering. Because he, G- because he was the sacrifice. Because he was the sacrifice and the offering. So when Jesus dies on the cross three and a half years later, which brings us to 31 AD, the spring of 31 AD in the Northern Hemisphere, Uh, Jesus dies. He brings an end to sacrifice and offering because he is the sacrifice. And what's interesting, when Jesus dies on the cross, Mark records that the veil in the temple was torn in two. In uh, Mark 15, 38, it says, Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, indicating an end to the earthly sacrificial system uh, because Jesus had now died as the Lamb of God. Mm. And... um, so what does this mean where it talks about the uh, confirm a covenant? Yeah. So it says he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Well, in three and a half years of ministry, he was confirming a covenant with his disciples and with his followers, his believers. Then, of course, he dies. Yes, he's buried. Yes, he rises again. Um, and he um, will he, he ascends to heaven. But his disciples continue to share the gospel, particularly with the Jews, mm. for the next three and a half years. So if you would read in Hebrews 2, 3, for instance. 
Uh, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? All right. So here this verse uh, acknowledges that Jesus was spreading the gospel while he was here. Yeah. But even when he left, his disciples were sharing that gospel, particularly with the Jewish people. Jesus had said, um, go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm. And so don't forget the beginning of this prophecy in verse 24 it said 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city and so that 70 weeks we recognize began in 457 bc and goes all the way through to 34 a.d when uh, we have um we believe that stephen who is preaching in dan um, in acts chapter 7 he's preaching to the jewish leadership hmm. About Jesus, he's become a follower of Jesus. He's preaching about Jesus, and um, but they block their ears. They don't want to hear this, and they take him outside the city. They stone him to death while he was still preaching. While he was still preaching, mm. and they lay those who were stoning him to death lay their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, mm. who becomes Paul, and he becomes, in his own words, the apostle to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles, yeah. And so what we find then is. Israel or the Jewish people were the flag bearers for for God. They Mm. were his people. Jesus Mm. was a Jew, right? Mm. But uh, after this period of time, the Christian church now begins to grow, and it's not only made up of Jews, but people from outside the Jewish faith, Gentiles, non-Jews. And the church now is the flag bearer for God, not the Jewish nation. This is really important to understand because there are many today who believe that the Jewish nation is still the flag bearer for God, Mm. which is kind of strange because the Messiah has come. We know who the Messiah is. It's Jesus. Mm. And it's the followers of Jesus who are holding the flag for God. Mm. Um, And, of course, there can be Jewish followers of of Jesus. Of course there are. uh, Absolutely. But but many don't. The Mm. Jews have as much access to the gospel as anybody else. Mm. Mm. But the Jews as a nation over there in Israel today in the Middle East, they're not the flag bearers for God. The Christian church is. And that's important to understand because if we don't understand that, we're going to get... Uh, a lot of our interpretation of prophecy wrong, mm. um, but we're also going to make incredibly, very interesting political decisions which are, are being made in the world today because of that belief. Mm. So I just want to finish off reading verse 27. It says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. That's 31 AD, Jesus dies on the cross. And then he talks about um, Jerusalem. On the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured, poured out on the desolate. And that really should say is poured out on the desolator. Uh, and so that's talking about the consummation. God will bring all things um, to an end uh, in the end. God will make everything right in the end. But what you have in this passage, especially from 24 to 27, is you have a a mingling with information about Jerusalem and information about the Messiah. And um, it's like poetic parallelism. It will talk about one item, then it'll come back to the other. Then it'll go back to that previous item and expand upon it. This is something that we uh, see in the idea of um, repeat and enlarge. We have a repeating of some of the same information, but then an enlargement upon it. So what's fascinating about this for me is that it positively identifies Jesus Christ uh, as the Messiah. Mm. There's no doubt prophetically, historically, um, 
that Jesus is whom he says he is and whom his followers claimed him to be. But also, it gives us the beginning point of the 2,300-day prophecy from Daniel chapter 8, because the the 70 weeks are cut off from that. Mm. So they both begin in 457 BC. Then you have the prophecy that brings us to the Messiah, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But the other prophecy, the 2,300-day prophecy from Daniel 8, takes us to 1844 when Jesus begins a work as our high priest in the heavenly sanctuary. So it's really all about Jesus. Both these prophecies, Daniel 8 and Daniel 9, are pointing forward to what Jesus would do for us. There's so much. Every part of the Bible points towards Jesus, the work of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. so rich. And these prophecies uh, confirm that yet again. Um, well, that's, uh, there's a lot in that chapter. Um, probably something you need to study a couple of times before you fully get your head around it. Uh, but the book giveaway today will help you do that. That's uh, Daniel 1 is the code on 0488880891. Uh, next week, Peter, we've got a Daniel chapter 10. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking what's in Daniel chapter 10. I haven't looked at it yet. So Daniel chapter 10, we have uh, more prayer of Daniel. Uh, He's fasting. He is um, pleading for his people. And uh, it's what we have in Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 is really one unit. Right. Um, So Daniel 10 sort of sets us up for the prophecy in Daniel 11 and 12. Okay. Well, tune in next week with Peter on our Daniel and the God of Wisdom program. Tomorrow we've got Daniel Matteo and he'll be covering uh, another topic on facets of faith called The Fight. There's a big, great great controversy between good and evil that we'll be looking at tomorrow. Um, and of course, yes, do remember the other codes that we gave away today, Daniel 8C and Daniel 9C to get the charts. That will definitely help you understand the prophecies of Daniel chapter 9. That's all we've got for today. Have a great day wherever you are. And this is Don't Forget His Love. The whole Bible is really about His love for us. This is Ellie Holcomb. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, O my soul, O and all night and most me. Praise the
Praise the Lord.